Hello. Hello and welcome to the Soulful Mamas podcast. Yay, the very first episode. Pretty exciting. I am your host, Maria, and I'm super grateful and happy that you have come along to listen in and join me on this journey. So I've been thinking about what is it that for this very first episode that um, would be good for me to bring to you. And I thought maybe a little bit of background into who I am, but not just that, because you will learn more about me as the time goes on through snippets here and there. But I thought I would share my story of my journey into motherhood and it really is quite unconventional and it really is probably not what you'd expect from me for those of you who know me as a in a working capacity if I worked with you um you probably think I always knew what I was doing and got everything sorted out well my entry into motherhood into pregnancy and birth and everything was completely back to front if you like so there were no rules followed and there was no I did not have it sorted at all and I just want to share this with you because sometimes we feel like other people have got all their beep sorted out and it's it's really not true um yes I I do intuitive counseling I I do parent coaching mentoring and I love supporting parents particularly um, women particularly mums but just because of that doesn't mean that I'm always getting it right and uh, perfect at what I do because I'm really not I'm still learning and fumbling along like we all are it's just I've had a few more years um, practice perhaps and um, I've learned a thing or two along the way and everything that I learn and all the experiences I have I love to if they can help another person or support or you know add a little pearl of wisdom here and there I love to do that so yeah grab yourself a cuppa and um, come and come and have a little smile and laugh or cry or sigh whatever you want to do with when you hear about my my journey into motherhood so it actually started I believe when I think about it um, in the Himalayas so <clears throat> my husband and I were in did a big trip in India and Nepal and we were doing um, a really big trek it's called the Annapurna circuit it takes about three weeks to do and it's I can't remember exactly the altitude but really high <laughs> really really high and um, it was such an incredible trip just the um, all you had was your pack and your boots and your presence really with this awe inspiring awesome 
mountain range. It was incredible. And the more I walked and the higher we got, and it was like this clean, pure air. And I just had this really strong, I don't know, epiphany, message from the mountain perhaps, um, that that I needed to be uh, pure. I wanted to be more pure. And I know that sounds a bit strange. Um, What it means was I've always been pretty healthy and I've been, you know, eaten well and I've been always, you know, lots of exercise and all different things. But the one thing that I took fairly regularly purely because of convenience was the contraceptive pill and you know when you're traveling we did so much traveling and mainly in third world countries so it was quite an inconvenience to have your your moon time your cycle while you're in places where you're lucky if you've even got a toilet so I used to um use the pill so I didn't need to ever have a cycle when I was traveling uh, not even thinking about it really it was just convenience but I did have a few I had intuitively I knew that there was something not quite didn't quite sit right but I couldn't quite not do it um, anyway so I was up up the mountains and I had this realization that no more so when so I stopped stopped taking that and when we ended up back in New Zealand I was at a I was going to like a not a family planning clinic but similar and they were saying that when we decided to have children I'd probably need help like IVF because I had that um they think I had the polycystic ovary thing and at the time I thought well that's fine we're not that's not on our radar yet I kind of just assumed that one day I would get this strong maternal drive instinct and it would kick in and I would want children and I love children I have been I've been around children my whole life but when I was I think I was actually 12, I pretended I was 13, and I um, started babysitting for as, you know, as a little job. And I loved, loved children, so I've always looked after them, or, and then I went on to be a teacher, so I think people just assume, oh, you're great with kids, of course you'll, you'll have children one day, and um, part of me was like, yeah, I guess I will one day, but I wasn't feeling it anyway so when they said this news you'll probably need some help I didn't think too much about it I thought it didn't make me sad or um, I didn't have too many emotions about it to be honest so I thought okay well right now we're still busy living life and uh, still wanting to travel more and do lots of different hikes and treks so I was fine with that anyway one day I went for a standard checkup appointment and 
the lady said, oh, you need to have a, um, you need to do a pregnancy test. And I thought, oh, well, I'm, I'm not pregnant. And also, by the way, I was hardly getting uh, my period at all, very rarely. So that's why they thought I would need help later on with conceiving. Anyway, um, she said, oh, it's just standard. And I said, fine, radio. Did that. And the lady comes back and she was, English was her second language. So a little bit disjointed uh, English. And she said to me, uh, you are pregnant. And I said, oh, no, no, I'm not pregnant. I just had to do the test as a, you know, formality. And she said, oh, no, 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 you, you, you are pregnant. And I thought, what? I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Made her do another one. And sure enough, there's these um, two lines. And I just thought, what? What? Because you just can't, you can't comprehend it when you're not planning, you're not, you're not prepared, not in that headspace at all. And everything's flashing through my mind. If this is true, then, well, I haven't been following the rules, you know, I haven't been, I've been eating the soft cheese, I've had a glass of wine here and there, um, all of that. And I thought, well, I can't be that far along if, if this is true. And she said, go and have a, go and have a scan and then we can work out the date. And it's probably, yeah, really early, early in the piece. So I said to my husband, and he was in as much shock as I was, but it just so happened that he, when the scan was booked, he was going to be away visiting his family because it was also his mother's birthday, and it was her first birthday since she had passed away. So it was important that he was um, back home with his dad and siblings and I said oh you you go you go it'll be fine this is just to get a date of when if this is actually really true <laughs> and, and and a due date so he went and I went to the appointment and I couldn't see anything on the screen I thought you know you, you look at the little the screening you can see like a baby or an outline or something, couldn't see anything. And then I'm watching it and then suddenly, right on the front of the screen, these two big eyes were looking at me. They looked, honestly, they looked like alien eyes. And I thought, what the hell is that? And the woman, she wasn't saying much. And then she said, how far along do you think you are? And I said, oh, no idea. Like six weeks eight weeks I'm not sure she said darling you you're not six eight ten twelve listen you are 18 weeks pregnant and I just thought what I nearly rolled off the bed because everything races through your mind of how air quotes it should be when you you know that for that first trimester how it should be going into pregnancy it was not how I envisaged anything and everything was racing through my mind we had um a big 160 kilometer bike ride that we were training for 
in Taupo that was I was about to do that and we were doing a South Island trip doing all the Milford track and different tracks down there and she said no you're not doing any of those things you'll be probably that's when your baby's due you know that early early January and I thought oh my god so I go home by myself with this information and I just don't know what to do with it because I thought how could I not know that I've got a little being a little person growing inside me and has been for 18 weeks and I didn't know and so all of the emotions so guilty so terrible you know I'm going to be a terrible mother or everything and then this poor little thing you know I hadn't taken any of the supplements you meant to take and like I said glass of wine here and there and I just you know I ate the cheese I ate the soft cheese I probably ate the sushi as well and it was oh my gosh I can feel it right now as I'm speaking it um really really hard to reconcile and and I wasn't showing at all I had no tummy and any symptoms I think that I did have I just kind of made excuses for them like oh, a bit tired because I'd been training so much for this bike ride I was about to do and yeah and I had taken pregnancy tests probably about three and that time I had taken three and they'd all come back negative so this is how elusive this little child of mine is slash was um really bizarre but against all odds he really really wanted to be here and there was no there's no turning back <laughs> I can't change it and I remember I couldn't find a midwife because I was due, you know, around that Christmas New Year period and everyone's either booked up or away. And my beautiful midwife, Claire, she took pity on me and took me in. And she said, right, well, you better go and do some antenatal classes. You better book in because they'll be booked out too. So I booked in and I was the smallest tummy-wise in, in the group. And I thought, oh, yeah, I must be due last. And so she made us get an order <clears throat> of first due to last. And, oh, my gosh, I was the first due. And they're all looking at me, these other mums, who have fully popped out. and You know, they're definitely pregnant and looking. And they're looking at me like, what? You haven't, what are you doing here? Well, that's how I felt. I felt like they're all looking at me and judging me, and I just wanted the ground to open up and swallow me and I just at that moment I thought you know what I can't do it I'm out I'm out <laughs> until I realized you're not out there's no getting out of this so the, I just had to really have some big conversations with myself to like get my head around it so um and you know I did and slowly but surely um i accepted it and we just changed everything but obviously when you're not planning for it we didn't we didn't really have much money at all and 
you know, I was just busy trying to borrow things or get things cheap off trade me and um and whatnot. And I was the only it was just me working at that point. My husband it was during that um that last recession, so he still didn't have work. Uh, so there's a bit of pressure um, for one, him to get a job before I wasn't going to have a job. And yeah, there's a lot of, it kind of was a stressful time, but I was mindful of not being stressed for the sake of the baby, but you can't help it sometimes, you know what I mean? <laughs> so anyway, we muddled through and I continued to bike to work every day until about eight months, I think. Um, he was just this little little package and then he really popped out in those last probably the last month anyway it was about i finished work on the i think it's about the 23rd of 22nd of december something like that and we drove straight from where we we're living in hamilton down to foxton which is a good five hour drive away and the reason we were going down there is because my husband's mother she had passed away on Christmas Day the year before. So it was important that we were there, even though my due date was the 10th of January and it was cutting it a little bit fine, perhaps. But um, we thought, no, it'll be fine. And the midwife said, well, you should be okay. First babies are often later than earlier, but, you know, you never know. So we go down there. Um, I was pretty tired because I'd worked right up until that point, obviously. And then we were there, must have been four days. And after Boxing Day, 26th of December, I was very tired. And then the 27th, I was extra tired. And then that night, I just thought, oh, these Braxton Hicks are getting quite regular. <laughs> and I went to the bathroom and I was there for a few hours. And I thought, I actually think... I'm in labor, but I don't really know. Because, you know, you don't know, do you? I didn't. Is this the real thing? Do I bother anyone? Do I wake anyone up? And my dog was going, he kept checking on me. And so it was about, say, two or three in the morning. And my husband comes in, he goes, are you all right? And I said, oh, I'm not sure. I think, I think I'm in labor, but I don't know. And he said, well, Axel came in. That's the name of our dog. Axel's just come in and woke me up and made me come in to you. So we we thought, what do we do? I didn't want to bother my midwife. I didn't want to bother anybody. Sound familiar? Yes. Um, and I think at about five, I rung her up and just said, just letting you know, um, I think I'm in labour. But, you know, don't worry. It's quite far apart. And um, I want to come home, as in back to Hamilton. And she's like, okay, right. Well, I guess if you, uh, you know, the contractions are that far apart, we don't even know if it's labor. So it's up to you. It's your call. You can go to the Palmerston North Hospital or you can, um, yeah, come back up here. And I thought, there's no way. There's no way that I'm having this baby in the Palmerston North Hospital because, one, I'm not ready. It's not part of my plan. I haven't got my bag and I haven't done the nesting thing and I need to be home. So my mind was just a little bit all over the shop, but at the same time, very determined. 
another Torian trait coming out, the stubbornness. Anyway, I told my parents, my dad just about died because mum has had four children and each of those births have been very quick. And he's like, oh my God, you're going to be giving birth on the side of the road. You better pack towels. <laughs> anyway, we threw everything into the car and the dog and off we went. And I had downplayed it a little bit, if I'm going to be honest. Those contractions were closer than I said. And that car journey, so it's five hours, was pretty intense. Um, doable, though. I just sort of had to keep reclining my seat. And every time we went through a new town, my husband would look at me when he saw the the um, the blue sign with the white cross indicating there's a healthcare centre or hospital. And I'd say, no, 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 keep driving. So anyway, we um, made, it, made it back to Hamilton. And I just went into this other space. I was like, right, okay, this baby's coming, but I'm not quite ready. So I, it's like I just had a little conversation with him. Didn't know he was a him at that point. Just, can you just give me a few hours? And um, bless him, he said, radio. So I set up the bassinet, or the bed, I, not that he even used it, the bassinet, washed, did washing, washed his clothes, repacked my bag, faffed about, and um, Claire rang me up and she said, are you guys home? Are you okay? And I said, oh yeah, yeah, we're home. I'm just um, getting ready. And she said, maybe you should just come in to the birth center and I'll have a look. Got there and she, I think she's expecting me to be, you know, not very dilated. And she said, oh my gosh, you're, you're more than nine centimeters dilated. You're having a, you're going to have this baby really soon. <laughs> and, and an hour later he was born basically. So it, it's a funny, it's a funny one because Part of it was my, I don't know, determination, but there was somehow a connection with him to just just give me a little bit of time. And, um, and that's what happened. The next part, so we have this little baby and we both, my husband and I are just like, oh my gosh, we're in awe, but also like, oh my God, we created this little being and now what do we do? Because that's the part, I think. That's the part that you're kind of not fully prepared for. And um, to be honest, I uh, feeding was hard. I um, He came really quickly in the end. He flew out pretty much and he tore me. So I, I had stitches. I had sore boobs and... It actually wasn't that fun and I didn't, he didn't know how to latch properly or maybe I didn't know how to do it, whatever. But it was a challenge those first, especially few weeks. And again, I think when people assume that, oh, you'll know what to do, you're great with kids. And I, yeah, I'm great with kids, but I'm not really great with the newborn babies that have come out of my body and my body's a little bit traumatized from it. So... Yeah, it was quite quite that journey, and I think that fourth trimester for mothers is something we maybe need to do a bit better at 
at talking about and sharing and preparing for because um yeah i wasn't fully prepared for that it wasn't that easy and um i know newborns don't sleep but my gosh <clears throat> my child <laughs> he didn't he did not sleep much at all in that last that first year um so yeah there's just many things that in hindsight i just think i could have been a bit better prepared for certainly was for my second child with my daughter completely different experience and a whole nother story which i'll share another time but um yeah that's that's a little snippet of my entry into motherhood quite unconventional to say the least so that's how it all started nearly 14 years ago completely unconventional completely not how i thought it would should could be but it was a journey and we navigated through it and we're doing fine i have a beautiful nearly 14 year old now and um he is he's okay even though i ate the soft cheese <laughs> But I just wanted to give you that little snapshot of my journey at the beginning. And and also, just so you know, that we all have our stories and they're all different and all um, weird and wonderful and all of that. And I think this is one of the reasons i've started this podcast so that we can share our stories and we can really listen to and hear each other and it's pretty easy to um, make assumptions and judgments and get caught up in the busyness and not truly truly understand uh, how it is for others you know when we make assumptions that they've got it all sorted or they haven't got it all sorted and the more that we can, you know, slow down and connect and, and listen and begin to hold space a little bit more for one another and and the needs, particularly of our, our new mums, but in each of the seasons of motherhood, as our children grow and go through their phases, developmental phases, you know we are constantly evolving alongside them so it's not a get one sorted and it's done it doesn't really work like that we're forever learning and growing and and the more we can connect and share and support one another uh, I think it'll be a lot easier so yeah that's that's a big one of my big whys as to why I am why I've created this podcast it's not about having you know celebrities it's about you it's really about you it's about me and it's just um, being in the space and and learning and growing and sharing so if you have um, a a story that you would love to share 
please please get hold of me and not necessarily for the podcast although that would be wonderful if you'd like to come and have a chat with me uh, but just keep in touch I have a Facebook group called Soulful Mamas and I would love for that to grow and become more of a village of uh, some really good conversations and or us email me I readily I have open arms and heart to people who want to share their stories they don't necessarily want it public but they just want someone to witness or listen to it so I am I am yeah here and always um, willing to listen and be part of people's journeys Uh, yeah so thank you for listening and do subscribe or follow however or wherever you listen to your podcasts Um, it just helps it helps other people find the podcast the more people that follow along the algorithms I guess (laughs) get it to work in our favor sometimes rather than showing us shoes that we really don't need on our Facebook feed Um, yeah so thank you for listening and the next episode will be coming again soon and have a beautiful soul filling week Mm -hmm.